I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. Boys, we are here to ranch. James, we have to do justice before just sliding right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a BT. What on earth? I don't have an option. Welcome! Welcome! To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Today is Wednesday, August 14th. And if you thought we were men of our words and believed we would actually go live on Tuesday, you're a big dummy. You didn't listen to season one. It was a prank, bro. Yeah, get with it, guys. Here we are on Wednesday. You really thought we were going to do what we said we were going to do? Yeah. We're doing Wednesday episodes now. <laughs> um, no, in all honesty, we're so happy to have you guys back. Game week one is in the rearview mirror, and we got a great show for you. Sure do. Um, we can kick it through the games. VAR, obviously, right off the bat, a big talking point. Uh, we got our fantasy league up and running, so Ooh. we can shout out a few people in there. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert, you and I are both in the bottom half of the league. That does not so surprise me one bit. We're on the hot seat. Our teams were very similar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do a little fantasy shout out. We're going to do, by popular demand, Pat's Degenerate District. Mm. Goal of the week and the Ask Me Anything responses from social, the two questions out of the 20 that were serious. And then maybe a non-serious one. We kind of set, up, set ourselves up for failure there by saying ask us anything. We have a lot of really good non-serious questions. Instructions unclear. Big ones. Okay, so maybe we'll pull up some non-serious ones too. Yeah, we we'll did see, say ask me anything. We'll see how we're doing on time. All right, but tell me, Pat, where do you want to start with the games? I can't think of any that come to mind. Well, I can't tell if you're being facetious, but... Where do you want to start with the games? You know, I'm just looking at your outline, and United-Chelsea seems to be a good place to start. And that was a game we watched together, so I think that we can have some delightful banter here um i'm just gonna ask you the united fan you said on our preview episode or our chelsea episode did, that did. you feared an ugly draw yeah uh, that i think was an emotional hedge a little bit but talk to me where are you at are you nigel burton we're winning the league are you still we're gonna finish fifth where are we to con so to contextualize that i think first of all it's scary how much i'm oscillating between where this team is and my it's the beauty. I of, feel it's so the beauty of the things. league. It's the beauty of the yeah, league. and we got wolves away coming up. Yeah. So <laughs> strap it. But I think to provide a little context there, I was thinking about how United ended the season last season, really uninspiring, coming up against a Chelsea team that could equally be so uninspiring. Because I think the way you saw them line up, it would be hard to argue. Even Chelsea fans it would be hard to argue it was the poorest team Chelsea's put out in a while as far as technical ability. So yeah. I was really fearing a nil-nil, a 1-1, one, one, and uh, before I go into the skyrocket myself into sure. optimism, which is a stark contrast from last week, I will say United was the second best team for 60 minutes of that game. Even after going 1-0 up, I think right up until the second and third goals went in, we were the second best team. So I don't know that I'd entirely agree. I think, I think Chelsea was more in that game than the scoreline would have you believe. Yeah. You know, but I, I, I think that from the, with the, with the exception of the last five or ten minutes of the first half, I thought United controlled the game after the penalty. Mm. It did, they kind of like tucked in, I thought, right before half. Going into the second half, Chelsea still had some chances, but neither, yes. here, neither yeah. here nor there. Sure. Tightly contested until we turned the screw uh, with the second and third goals. And I'll point out all the things that I really like there. Yeah. Because 
I was nervous. You were there. You saw me. I was yeah. hungover for another thing. Yeah, happy birthday to you yeah. on that day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for the first time in a long time, sure. center back pairing that I can trust or can feel like I can come to trust. I don't think McGuire and Lindelof are by any means the finished article. There were some sketchy moments there, but sure. control, controlled. Juan Basaka looks like he's going to be an all-time Premier League right back. Um, and then the one thing that I really loved and genuinely made me happy was the team spirit and mm. the way that they celebrated together. And it made me think that they know they're not the best team in the league, but they're building something that's really exciting. And it seems like they're buying into Ole's uh, mentality of a young core that sure. can relate to one another and come from similar kind of, you know, upbringings and, and, and um, feelings towards United, um, which is really great for a fantasy. And I do want to refer to a Herb Brooks quote. Okay, please. Me. Of course. And I didn't condense it. I did the whole thing. Yeah, so. well, I expected no less. All right, so here's the full quote. Red line back, blue line back. Far blue line back, far red line back. And you got 45 seconds to do it. Get used to this drill. You'll be doing it a lot. I, I have a point. Why? Because the legs feed the wolf, gentlemen. I can't promise you we'll be the best team at Lake Placid next February, but we will be the best condition. That I can promise you. And I think Ale is channeling Herb Brooks in the way he's treating this team. Because we are going to run and we're going to high press and we might not be the best team, but we're going to be working out there. And I hope that maintains for the full season. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I suppose. Thank you for letting me have my moment. One yeah. more thing. Daniel James is the best athlete in sports with the last name James. <laughs> I think you have one more bullet. You want to get that one out of the way, too? <laughs> no, I, I, with, with, with all seriousness, I think there's a lot to be encouraged as a United fan. Um, team spirit, yeah, not something you saw um, in spades last year, but you saw it in that eight-game win streak. I think what's going to be the test of that team spirit is how do they respond to adversity. I think one of the biggest takeaways that I think United can come out of that with is Pogba was your worst player on the day. He was atrocious. He had... With moments of brilliance. With moments of brilliance. And what you really want to do with somebody like Pogba is give him that license to be in the game. right? You need to be able to be strong enough around him, work hard enough around him, defend well enough around him that if he's having that bad game, you can leave him in for that moment of brilliance, yeah. which is, you know, if you want to make the... Arsenal corollary last year, that was Mesut Ozil coming out of the game because United wanted to push and push and push, uh, and then we lost that <clears throat> bit of magic that Ozil could right. produce. Um, but, I mean, I said this to you during the game, I think United's going to be scary when they're up one nothing because the defense is strong. The defense, I think, is going to mm -hmm. not be very error-prone. Like I, th I think they'll be beat. I don't think they're world beaters, but I don't think they're going to make too many baffling mistakes. I think there's going to be teams better mm -hmm. than Chelsea and probably teams outside the top yeah. five better than Chelsea – that will take their chances better against United. Right. Chelsea didn't, you know, Ch Chelsea had opportunities. Uh, United was more more clinical in those moments, and I, I would say they were very clinical. They were dangerously clinical. Yeah, and to your exact point, they'll be scariest when the other team has to come out of their comfort zone. Yeah, it's the second ball. And counterattack is there. They just run. So building on that, yeah. no disrespect to uh, Carl and Miguel, our resident Chelsea fans, but I am saying this for an exact reason. Uh, I do think Wolves next week on, on Monday is going to be a bigger test than Chelsea at home was on the first game of the season because that is a team that plays a pretty organized, well-drilled, build-from-defense-and-breakout system, which is why we lost twice to them last year. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be a first early test of how we break teams down. 
Chelsea wasn't so much a break them down game as it was hit them hard on the counter. So I think Wolves is going to be a perfect test of yeah. how we play different teams on different occasions, as you as you exactly mentioned. Yeah, and I mean to touch on Chelsea again. Uh, listen to Frank Lampard's talk after the game. I I liked a lot of what he said. I agreed with what a lot he said. Um, they made some mistakes and they were punished for those mistakes and they didn't mm-hmm. take their chances. But you know, I thought Pedro looked very strong. I think I thought at times. Uh, you know, Kovacic and Jorginho looked what, like strong as well. I, I still struggle to know who is going to be that ambitious person to break them out and to have those stronger games. If they're struggling to break down a relatively open United and create clear-cut chances, mm-hmm. how are they going to do it as a more organized defensive team, a team that is maybe more content with a point? You know, and like, sure, Chelsea can get points off of that, but I like can't. who's going to break them down the way Hazard did so many times playing those, those one-twos, those interchanges, mm. that's where I'd be worried about Chelsea. I mean, I think that yeah, they, it, weren't as, they, they weren't for nothing bad for me. Put yourself in a Chelsea fan's shoes for a second. Are you smashing the panic button? No. Or, well, let, no. Me, let, let me say this. Sure. I, I went back and looked at the highlights. You know, Mason Mount in a position where he could have slipped Barkley through for an easy one-on-one shot, opts to take his own shot instead. And, like, would someone like a Fabregas do that? Versus Tammy Abraham up front, who, to be fair, had a good game. You know, he hit mm. the post, but, like... That compare that to a Diego Costa who would be leading your line, and you made the Hazard comparison. It, it it just seems like they are in a season where they have to make the most out of limited resources, mm-hmm. and they just need to push on from this result. I'll I'll say this: I think Mason Mount is trash. I didn't oh, yeah. see you were the first one on that take. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm I'm I'll eat my words if I have to, but the dude's trash. I was hearing people say he had a good game. Yeah, so he was that, trash. He did nothing positive. I, I saw what, I, my eyes saw what my eyes saw. And this is not a get Pulisic in their take, but put the guy who's better in their take. Emerson just was so the most dangerous attacking player. I'd say Pedro. I thought Pedro played really well. He, I, yeah, I mean, he turned the ball over a lot, but what is he doing? I think Tammy Abraham's hold-up play is going to be probably yeah. pretty good, but he's not the type of guy that's going to beat a full-pack defense with midfielders coming in on him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in a one-on-one situation, if it's not McGuire, if it's not Lindelof, then sure, he could probably turn his back, and I think he's going to I think he's gonna have a pretty good season. Right? Right. I, I, I might take a flyer on fantasy. Full stop. Um but no, Mason Mount's trash, and you got to get him out of there. When Williams back and healthy, yeah. Pulisic, if Barkley can come around, they could have something going. Well, yeah, thinking of players to come in and fill fill a gap. I mean, let's let's close out the United Chelsea discussion with uh, the American Wonderkin. Yeah. This Pulisic thing this season is going to be annoying as shit. You're talking about the NBC oh, blatant push. Do you see Robbie Musto's face of disdain when they're like, "Plug Pulisic for five minutes"? Yeah. I saw an article that said five reasons to be encouraged by Pulisic's performance. It's like, what? Was one of them that he came on? Yeah, came on to the field. Jesus. He's in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I mean, I think that he had, like, he showed his pace. That's all I think you could say possibly about his performance. But, mm-hmm. like, by the time he came on, the game was done and dusted. So there's nothing really – his impact on the game was going to be negligible, and I think – you know, the, the the legs were taken out of that whole Chelsea team. And yeah, he's not going to break down United on his own at Old Trafford on his first game. I hope he has a good season. He's going to be great for the American uh, – for yeah. sorry, the English game and the American audience, but NBC's got to chill. But here's the thing, too. Like, they're going to put – there's going to be a lot of pressure on the kid. He's going to score his first goal, and they're going to have – he's going to have the first 10 minutes of match of the day of them talking about his first goal. They're going to have him come out to the pitch side interview and not tell him how to leave his mic on the table and walk out. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel James. Uh, One of the best exits. Amazing moment. <laughs> then, then the little dwarf had no idea how to exit that that interview. Dabbed his way out. Yeah, no, that was a really cool moment. I was, I was happy yeah. with the kid. But no, I think that's 
That's good enough for those two scrub teams. They're not going to the Champions League anyway, so let's go on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's bring it to the Champions League winners then. Yeah. Uh, to kick off the uh, you know inaugural game of the season, we had Liverpool Norwich, and yeah. they were off to a flyer. Liverpool of old. Yeah. But people do forget that Norwich won the second half, so I do want to take a second to stay on that. And their fans were chanting it. Oh, yeah. Which was amazing. 1-0 in the second one half. 1-0 in the second half. Um, I actually liked a lot of what I saw of Norwich. I think they're going to be a fun team. Agreed. I believe let's, you said... Let's talk about Norwich this whole game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, honestly, I think I think that, that you said they were the arsenal of the the Premier League. I could see that. Mm-hmm. They're just throwing numbers forward. Concede a lot. Concede a lot, score more. Own goals for no particular reason. Um, they're going to be fun to watch. Yeah, no, I'm excited to watch them play. And then that one, I mean, really, really... Uh, Top class finish from uh, whatever his name was. The dude Pookie. scored on a Pookie. Uh, scored on Norwich, led the championship in goals. So they're, they're a team to watch. But on Liverpool, man, it doesn't look like they missed a step. Yeah, picking up right back where they left off. Dominant. Anfield, what are they going to do? Draw twice there, win the rest? Mm-hmm. Like, that's. Yeah, I mean, like, I get goosebumps watching it, and I'm not rooting for them. Like, I don't even want them to win. It's just like, <sighs> like that environment is it's, it's tough, to, tough to contain. Certainly, none of these, these bottom tier teams are going to go in that way. They cut right through them. Your top performers were performing. Alexander Arnold putting in absolute peaches of crosses. The one uh, cause of concern, Allison out for I don't know six to eight weeks. Yeah, and I mean he's he'll he'll miss the um, he'll miss the Arsenal game, and I think that's a big miss. I really do. I think that in in a, in a game like that, Liverpool's the better side, but with what Arsenal can do in front of goal, we're going to have our chances, and you want to limit them with Allison. So yeah. I mean, I, we got but it's at Anfield, so I mean I'm I'm praying for a point in that one. Yeah. You Let's know. have Maitland Niles kick off the scoring again. Yeah, oh, I, I, I got, I got big things to say about Maitland Niles, man. I, I, I do love him, but well, yeah, I, yeah, it's just they'll be fine. I think they're not going to get themselves out of the title race without Allison. Adrian's not a Mignolet, too. I think Klopp had a wry smile on his face because yeah. he was, on the one hand, really upset. Obviously, Allison's going out, but he was like, "Thank God we prepared for this." Right. But so I, we gave Adrian yeah. a big hug and. Yeah, he was grinning as Allison was coming exactly, off. Exactly, exactly. But I, I also think that that's part of the Klopp attitude and the mentality he steers into this team where we're, we're in this together and, you know, our, our our man went down, but we got another man Next and man I'm backing out. him and I don't, I'm, not even, I'm not even sweating it. Next and, like, out. that confidence can bleed right in, not just to Adrian, but to the rest of the team. It took a really top-class finish to beat him. I, don't, I, can't, I can't recall if he made any, you know, really nice saves or anything like that, but mm. he's got a great defense in front of him. You know, he's, he's, if he does his job, they'll be fine. Exactly. It's not going to make or break where they're going this season. For sure. And Allison sure. will be back you know, within months. So yeah. whatever Liverpool can do, City can do better. Uh, went to West Ham and acted like it was nothing. Right. I don't want United to be the barometer of how other teams succeed or fail, but we got swept aside by West Ham away last season in one of our worst games. And City came there and just scrapped them 5-0. Walker blasting through the wings. Um, Jesus Sterling hat trick, who's mm-hmm. now not even contested as a as a laughing stock of a player. Right. Just what a what a what a, what a shift his career took at Manchester City. Yeah. Good for him. And he was even getting some uh, community shield. He was getting some respect back from the Liverpool fans, which yeah. I love. That's great. No, I mean he's there. You, you you said it. There's there's nothing left for him to prove. He is he is. You know, there, there's nothing. There's nothing yeah. left. Yeah. He's, he has answered all the critics. He is, by all accounts, kind of a first-class man with kind of how he's standing up to racism. He's really making that right. his fight right. in a lot of respects, which, you know, big ups to him. I mean, some, something's got to get it out of the game. So, Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. 
Man, um, these guys can't catch a break over yeah. the Stanford Bridge. Uh, yeah, but so no, yeah, they're they're. And the best part about it, Pep still had something to complain about with VAR in a five 0 victory, which right. we'll come back to. Sure. When we get to talking VAR, but uh, no soft tease. Spurs isn't important, so we'll talk about Nukes and Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> I, from someone who admittedly will only watch the highlights, I'd yeah. love to get your take on how you saw the game unfold. Newcastle Arsenal, that is. Sure. Um. I thought it was a very encouraging performance from Arsenal in respects to the field that, or the the team that they fielded, the you know the, the the characters that were in that team. The bench was probably stronger and more talented than the than the than the team on the field that day. Um, I do also think the composure defensively, the game never felt really in doubt. We didn't have the that final ten to fifteen minutes where we just pack it in to try and hold on to that one nothing. You know, we I felt comfortable with the one nothing as much as you can, which I think is a change mentality-wise for Arsenal. Um, I think that where Arsenal still struggle is a lack of ambition. Um, I think I figured out what's, what I don't like about Granit Xhaka this game. Um, like you didn't know before. No, no, I think, I, th- I think I'm able to articulate it now. Um, given the choice between a 75% completion percent on a pass going forward and 100% going back, he will go back every time. And, you know, it, what I what I really want Arsenal to kind of do is when that ball gets cleared out of the box from, like, they're, they're attacking, the defense cleared out, comes to Granit Xhaka, he turns and plays it to Chambers. And then we reset. And then we attack. Lack of ambition, like you said. Right. And so I think having uh, a little bit more of a push forward like that is, is really what I want to unlock. I think that as far as controlling the game, controlling the ball... Arsenal did great, but maybe two or three clear-cut chances all game, four or five half chances. You know, you're, you know, the Newcastle made a mistake, and then it still takes you know routine but good ball from Maitland Niles, and then you know a, a controlled and composed finish from a Bangyang to get on the scoreboard. And that's mm. that's all you were able to do mm. against Newcastle, the team that I slotted in for twentieth place. Well, you know, to play, yeah, I mean, to play the other side of it, like you said. The team on the bench was argue is arguably going to be your starters moving forward. Yeah. And would you be so mad if one nil victories was the hallmark of Arsenal's season? It's not going to happen, right? No, but no. It's it, look. Yeah, I'm 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 trying to curb some of my expectations because I saw a lot of the things that frustrated me last year, despite the result. Pepe uh, didn't start, right? No. Um, all three of our subs were were debuts, uh, and no debut started. Uh, Pepe came on, uh, Caballos came on, and Martinelli came on. And I'll just touch on the three debuts, I guess, because, you know, r- real quickly, I think Caballos showed promise, but he also showed, he was just a, he was a little off the pace, uh, tried to pull off some things that just weren't there. So I think he's going to need to settle. He showed a lot of cheekiness in terms of seeing out the game that I love. I think Arsenal needs yeah. that types of characters. Martinelli showed a lot of that as well. I think it's a huge vote of confidence to play the, I think he's 17-year-old from Brazil. I didn't even think we were going to play him this year. And he's getting in away. The right. first game. Right. Uh, he's a guy who knows how to take a professional foul. You know, it's like South Americans are born to do, I feel like. <laughs> and, you know, that, that man just knows how to stop counterattacks. And it's a good, good frustrating way to close out the game. Uh, Pepe, we didn't see too much of. We saw that he has talent, but uh, not really much beside that. I think the biggest thing that I was encouraged by was the, the three Academy graduates, three English Academy graduates, Maitland Niles, uh, Joe Willock, and Reese Nelson, all with, I think, pretty positive games. I'm mostly excited, I think, for Willock. One, that he got that vote of confidence to start that game. You know, he played our number 10, the first game of the season. But man, they, 
he just seems special. He seems like a true box-to-box. He can defend. He can go up. He has the ambition. He plays for the badge. All the right things are there. So I'm actually willing to go through some of his growing pains, especially if this thing off the field with Ozil Yeah, tell me, tell me a little about what's going I, on with that. I don't know much more other than the fact that he was out of the team after the attack, then he was back in the team, and now he's back out of the team for safety reasons. And this isn't a Mesut Ozil's got the cold, cough, cough, wink, wink situation because Klaasenach has been kept out of the team as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's not the guy that you expect any sort of a drama or woe is me. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but, you know, it seems it seems to be a serious matter. And sure. Yeah, and so it's a little scary. A little scary, but, you know, hopefully it gets resolved. Just, yeah, you know, seems would love like to see him back on the field. I know you would. Yeah. Yeah. I really look forward to that. And you know who else I want to see out on the field? David Luiz. Dude, I'm excited to see him as well. Yeah. I'm excited. I thought Chambers played well. Chambers played well. I think Socrates is the, is the type of guy who's going to be fine with anybody. I just don't even think he sees anything other than just pure rage and, mm-hmm. and, and attacking players. So, I mean, I think I think the defense was defense was a big thing that I was, I was excited about. We did give up a few chances that a better team takes. I'll say that. So, if we're only going to be creating those same right. chances – we're going we're gonna to see a lot of the same. Um, I think Leno's great, but, you know, well, a lot remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's that's it for me on, on Arsenal. Newcastle, Baron, I thought. I thought they'd be a disaster. They, they looked okay. They looked like they had some team spirit. Their season's going to be made or broken yeah. on their two new signings, who are going to be playing in tandem up front together. Yeah. What, uh, I'm forgetting, is it like St. Saint Maxim? St. Maxim looked yeah. pretty good. He looked, he looked like an exciting player. He humbled player. himself because he used to wear a Gucci headband, and now he's wearing a Slozenger. Got so it. he okay. endeared himself to the Newcastle uh, yeah. looking folk. And Almiron is there. He's he's a he's an exciting young player. Former MLS. Right. And uh, John Joe Shelby, Premier League vet. He's I think he's a good anchor for that team to like maybe distract like take away from that noise. But yeah. um, they did have an attendance drop off at home. I don't know if that the, the support seemed solid, but there were a lot of empty seats at a protest. So that's a uh, that's I don't know if that's gonna hurt. I mean it's gonna hurt them in, in the summer. I respect, mentioned but. this about United, but talk about a team that could truly you know their fan base get volatile. If those results start keep going poorly for Newcastle, it's going to be yeah. Boring. What are they? Wait? It's going to be full on revolt. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's take this outside of the top six and into another category, so to speak, because VAR, as we pretty much knew it was going to be when we did our season preview episode, was right back front and center, right from the right from the get go. There were two incidents I want to bring up. The first one we touched on it with uh, City and West Ham, where someone slotted Raheem Sterling through for a goal. He was, as they did the lineup in VAR, sure. an armpit offside, or whatever they classified it right, as, right, but right. like an absolute hair of a hair offside. And they called it, and it was not reflective of the game. I think West Ham fans cheered because the game wasn't effectively over. They were only down 2 nil instead of 3 sure, whatever. Sure. That was the first incident. Wolves-Leicester, the kind of juicier incident, um, Wolves scored off a accidental handball from Willie Bolly. Mm-hmm. Completely accidental. No one would sure, argue it was intentional. Correct. But it set up Den Donker to score a volley. Fans celebrate wildly. They call it back. No goal. That game ends 0-0. Nuno said, let's not kill the game. And I think if I could just, with that, with that preface, uh, come in with a little bit of my own opinion here. VAR, like we said it in our texts, did exactly what it was made to do. Sure. By the books, it caught two mistakes and called them out. And I think that's why a lot of the proponents are so for it. The thing that really scares me is that the game, as we know, is going to change where you can't celebrate goals anymore. You really... 
you've been to a game, yeah. I've been to a game, there were a few better feelings in the world where you're in the stands and a goal goes in and that moment of pure ecstasy where sure, you're celebrating yeah, yeah, yeah. the like that's n- that's gonna go away. That's really gonna go away uh, with the coming of VAR. And I I think my takes kind of changed a little bit. There are a lot of positives to VAR that we need to get used to, but that's the one thing that I'm gonna lament with, with the introduction of this technology. Yeah, I mean I I sure maybe I don't I don't I think that somebody like if you're scoring a goal where you might be offside you're you know it, what, what's the difference between not looking at the linesman and looking at the linesman it's just time right this is still the same like people still celebrate it it's just like they're oblivious to the thing that's happening behind them no it's 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 the knowing that in any given moment something would get called back sure but like with the with the calls we had where it's like they were they're they're clear cut. They're non. They're. I wouldn't call these clear cut. The offside. He was offside. I think it's just something we got to get used to. Where it's like there's oh, science yeah. that can determine that he's offside and he's offside. Right. Right. Yeah. No, the offside not so much. It's... Yeah. The handball. They made that new rule. Whereas if it hits your hand, does not matter the intent. Does not matter right. location. It is. And so within the jurisdiction of VAR, these were two non-negotiable calls. These right. two big ones. And. Yeah, and it's, you can't argue VAR in those instances. It's it's the argument of the rules. If you don't right. like, if you agree or disagree. Sure, sure. Yeah. I'm just saying the the part that I'm going to hate is the way it impacts the game and the celebration of the game. You, yeah, you're you're talking about the flow of the game, and I don't think you're wrong. It's going to change. I think that it's just like about evolving our expectations a little bit. Yeah, that and, is, it's sad. Yeah, I'm not so bothered about. I'm not so bothered about them getting things right. Like it's it's. I thought it was an effective. Like it was it was quick. Even when they didn't go to VAR, there wasn't that whole MLS thing where the ref does the big old square and then runs over to the side and stands there five minutes. Mm-hmm. You got the referee with the with the with the finger to his ear, and somebody else is making the call. He's not even looking at anything. Yeah, you know. And so but, it's 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 it's. I think that is. I think the biggest ambition VAR should have is shrinking the time. It's so, the quicker they can come to that determination, the less you're going to feel that impact. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, it's, it's just. You're, I mean, you were talking about, you know, 30 seconds, ideally, right? I thought was a bigger problem was the damn goal kick rule, because what you have now is the defender standing in the box, the goalkeeper deciding whether or not I'm going to play it short, and if I'm not, i got to wave everyone over. Every goal kick's taking 30 seconds now. Yeah, I mean, comparably, that did not take up a lot of my attention, but I'm glad you're oh, furious in the right I was furious. I was furious. I was just watching. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, I was just watching these games, and the goalie's like, well, what do I do? What do I yeah. do? What do I, and the, oh, everyone go up. It's just, well... Yeah, I'll leave it at this. The game's changing to two sets of fans watching a big TV screen like it's American Idol, and one side's going to celebrate because the call went their way. There's going to be celebrations of goals being overturned, and it yeah. Just... Okay, maybe I'm just a curmudgeon. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think that I'm I'm putting it's just a, it's a value system, and you're you're valuing the experience of fraudulent victories, potentially fraudulent victories. I'll try to keep this a little bit more civil. I'm sorry, that was uncalled for. Why I'm just I'm advocating for the right call, and I think that we should just adapt to be okay with things being mm. right. Where I will agree with you is in those gray areas. Like if there's a gray area that also takes out the flow of the game, like just get on with it. I think about why I love the game, and it's not because some accidental handball that created a goal was then checked and found and examined, and then yeah. we come back to the game and. No, we'll leave it at that. Oh, you get last word. That's fair. Any any closing words? 
was too busy. So we're gonna move being on upset to about not having last word to think of the counterpoint. So we'll, oh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Word? We'll leave it at that. <laughs> now you're just mocking me. Um, we'll see it again. We'll see it in some probably more debatable situations. We'll see how. Man, well, why don't you take all that brain power and start thinking about Pat's degenerate district because that's coming right up. However, while Pat is looking at his phone, I want to drop a quick fantasy team league plug. Shout out to all the listeners who jumped in and uh, joined our league. Uh, I have to say, Pat, once again, we're on the hot seat, not just because we're in the lower half of the league that we created, but 26 teams uh, joined, and I promised a better tier of prizes for uh, over 25 players. Oh, James. You yeah. promised second and third. Yeah, you I didn't have to go that far. I said even better prize for the winner and second and third. I got excited. So we have to one-up a jersey. Maybe it's like... Second and third are getting keychains. I'm gonna Yeah, <laughs> keychains... Uh, the second, yeah, second Maybe one. just a picture of us. Ooh, a signed picture. Third place can get a signed picture of us. We'll frame it, too, so it's nice. You put it in your office. Yeah, and the jersey, the better prize is you get a name on the back, and it's PDLP. <laughs> 19, the year we were founded. Surprise! Uh, no, but go ahead. Who's who's in line for the keychain? All right, well, in line for the keychain, third place, shout out Mark Starling. And let's, oh, do a 1 out of 10 on uh, team name ranking. Okay. So this one, you're going to like it, Reese Lightning. Ooh, give him that Nate. Okay. Number two, Dave Udijan, uh, Guilty Pleasures. That's a good one. That's a nine. That's I think nine. it's too good. Dave, I think you looked it up online. Yeah. I'm holding on to my tens. I'm not going to give out a lot of tens, but there, there probably won't be a lot of six and sevens. We're looking at eight nines and twos eight and threes. Eight nines? All right. Okay, well, uh, let's see if this one's a two or three or eight or sure. nine. Uh, Matt Morton in first place with 88 points through one game week, Zinn and Tonic. And I don't get the correlation. I was going to say, I'm giving that a two. Um, I like Gin and Tonics. He probably has Zinchenko. That's, oh, he does have Zinchenko. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay, I'll give it a three. Um, still don't think it's that good. Yeah, 2.9 for me. Um, Zinn and Tonic. Also, if I don't get that your team name, that's not my problem. That means you need... If you don't understand the team name, it's not your problem. Not my rating system. Right. Your cultural reference points not matching mine is a problem of yours if I'm the arbiter. Your culture is not Pat's costume. Yeah. Preach. Anyway, let's talk about race. <laughs> the race for the top. And anyway, the top of your money stack, I suppose, should be growing after my lock of the week came true. That is... Manchester United money line was Ooh, my lock of the week, it. and that was one that you probably felt pretty secure about. You're one to know. I'm one to know. My crock of the week did not come. Did true. not pay off. Aubameyang, but that's why it's a crock. Yeah, Aubameyang Hattie was that one. He did score, so like I think I'm pretty solidly based in reason here. My lock of the week this week, lock it in, folks. Bet your house on it. Um, where the hell is it? Oh, I'm in the wrong match week, guys. One second. I'm taking Everton to win okay. at home against Watford. Um, I would take the three-way money line. Right now, I got it going at minus 145. Um, Everton coming off a draw in their opening game. Moises Keane was a sub. Awobi didn't play. Uh, Richarlson did play. Yeah, Awobi will be a big factor. I do believe so. And Watford, 3 nothing thrashing to, I believe, Brighton. On the, the victims, receiving end. On the receiving end of the thrashing. Uh, and I believe that the, they received it at home. Now they're going on the road. Everton's my lock of the week. My crock of the week... You're locking that over Liverpool away to Southampton, who also got thrashed through here. Look, my lock my lock of the week isn't... Okay, you want to do a segment called James's Layup of the Week? No, sorry. Okay, yeah. Remember sorry. my lock of the week? Last week? Bet your house on it. Anyway, crock <laughs> of the week this week. 
uh, I'm taking Tottenham to draw against City at the Etihad. Three-way money line, I'm getting plus 425. Ooh. I think that Tottenham, uh, we, didn't, the odds. we didn't touch on them, uh, but I do want to give a little shout-out and respect to Mark and give me a little two cents on Tottenham this past week. I think Tottenham learned just how important Christian Eriksen is. Yeah. Oh, great point. But yeah. I can't imagine he's not going to be in the team for this game. No matter what's circle, circling around, whether he's going to leave in the next two to three weeks. He changed that game. He changed that game. He's going to go in that game. Kane looked so ruthless when he got his when he, when he got control of that ball, mm-hmm. um, and I think that they are they Manchester City is right for a couple goals against them. I don't think West Ham was going to give much of a challenge. He had a little Champions League rematch. Yeah, I mean it's going to be if there's going to be stuff going. Spurs are going to score. Mm-hmm. Spurs are going to score. I think Spurs, Spurs are going to score too. If you want to really jump up this prop, take a two-two draw. Exacto. Exactly, and you're probably getting plus sixteen hundred on something like that, maybe plus two thousand. So is that your official croc? Yeah, yeah. This croc evolved, folks. I'll get the odds for you by the end of the show. But yeah, I'm taking two-two. Well, Spurs City. There you have it, folks. Yeah, count Look, it. If you're a little risk averse, go with the regular draw. Count it. Call up your bookie right now. Tell him Pat sent you. All right. He'll say thanks for the free money. Two more things to get. <laughs> Here's five bucks. <laughs> two more segments to get through uh, before we talk about the social sensation of the summer. The Ask Me Anything, Prem de la Prem segment. Yikes. Yeah, woof. Talk about workshopping. Yeah, we love you guys, though. Keep we trying. Do. We do. You guys are the perfect fan base. We were talking about that. Anyway, goal of the week. We almost believe that. <laughs> you guys are great. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. Ugh. All right, before we get to our fans, let's go. Th- <laughs> this should be the fucking motto of this show. <laughs> before we get to the people who listen to our show, let's talk about us. Yeah. Please. And our favorite goals of the week. Ooh, love it. I'll go first. Spoiler alert. Manchester United, Chelsea, Sunday, 8.30 kickoff. Pogba, peach of a pass over the top to Rashford. Mm. One touch to lay it down in front of him. One elbow to his Pilaquita's face. Slot it right past Kepa. Bottom right. That's three clinical touches right there. And uh, it almost reminded me of a Rooney Van Persie to seal the title against Aston Villa. Minus the volley and most aspects of it but yeah I'm just gonna breeze right past that it was, it was, a, it was a world class goal and I think that that's what is uh, most exciting about United is they can pull one right out of their ass at any moment and I, they, a horrendous they, game and then comes up with that yeah you wanna give them that leeway man cause that was mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was an outside of the football perfectly perfectly weighted oh, it was pretty it was a good goal of the week not the best goal of the week though I'm gonna tell you why you're wrong Harry Kane's second Harry Kane's second cool as you like yeah pointed for the ball on his foot looked at it touch inside, and just passed it from outside the box, no less. It was it was a pure striker's some finish. Some people like bird-watching. Some people like staying in and studying math. You know, <laughs> you like staying in and studying math because it was a very calculated, cool right. shot. I like yeah. passionate things. In like bird-watching. Like bird-watching. <laughs> <laughs> did you forget which, which way you were doing that analogy? And you just did two? No. Perceivingly no. cool things? No. Don't slap a tag on me like that. Okay. Talk about there searching and finding that Sparrow, young Rashford, slotting in there. Well, that's your goal of the week, folks. That's a pretty <laughs> handsome one. So I was just looking up some numbers. If you took United to get relegated right now on $100 bets, you could hit $100,000. It's a little stupid not to do it. 
Is that a croc? Are you going to put your name against no, that? No, no, I'm still looking for the... United to get relegated, folks. All right, I'm going to breeze past Pat's ADD, and we're going to take this to an Ask Me Anything response. So as you guys might have seen on social, we had an outpouring of contribution to the Ask Me Anything segment. Uh, this was a classic rules unclear edition because you guys literally did ask us anything, and you came back with some interesting things. A lot yeah. of them weren't tied to sports or the podcast and really about personal family issues and you know we are here for you guys when i lost my virginity and things like that so i'm gonna move past a lot of that and i did want to touch on unless you want to rank the fast and furious movies from best to worst shout out will jones for that one okay um fast five tokyo drift um probably going furious seven um, rest in peace, Paul Walker. Uh, then I'm going to go with the original Fast and the Furious. I believe that's the Fast and the Furious. Correct. Um, then I'm going too fast, too furious. Too Hobbs, too Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw was great, um, but I'm not going to count that in this one. Um, then I'm going to go with number eight, Fate of the Furious, and then Fast and Furious number four. I think was the worst one. Doing a Scott Coblin approach, coming back to number four. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I did. <laughs> Shout out Liverpool. Will there Jones. You go. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Complete the circle. All right. Well, there you go, Will. Watch them in that order. That was one for the fans, but we are a football podcast, so I did want to pull out the two of maybe 300 that were related to soccer. Love you guys. Yeah. Uh, question one from Anonymous. How does the transfer market work? Which I think is a great question wow. because a lot of people um, are really familiar with how the NBA works and, you know, Fair play rules and the salary cap, and, and soccer isn't really that way. Um, do you want to do you want to dive in and give just kind of like a high level? Yeah, really high level. So you can trade players, much like you can in a lot of American sports, though it is rare. What most often happens is you will pay money to a club, and that club will then give you that player. Um, so that's one part of it, and the other part is then you have to agree to that player with that player on a contract. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a trade and a free agent negotiation going on at once mm -hmm. because there's no, I mean, there is a governing body, but it's kind of a farce at this point. Mm -hmm. um, they do have financial sanctions. Well, I'm getting too into the weeds again. Anyway. High level. High level. Um, you basically pay a team when you want that player. And if that team wants to sell, they sell. If that player wants to play, they play. Um, you can also do things called loans where you can kind of get people for just a season and then they go back to that other club. And you're just picking up their wages and not paying any kind of handover transfer fee. Right. Um, so really what a team will do in these transfer windows, there's a summer window, which is the more active window because that's between seasons. And then there's a winter window, which is where teams like Arsenal and Manchester United scramble to mm -hmm. make up for their, mm -hmm. their previous transgressions. Um, but what you'll see teams do is they'll say, well, I need a right back. And then they'll open up FIFA 20 and then search the right backs, the best ones in Europe, get their scouts going out Google there. top ten right backs. Yeah, potential is what you really want. You Most want potential. recently searched Ed Woodward. He's on all those <laughs> message boards asking for a friend. I heard Juan Basaka was foot team of the season. Um, <coughs> but no, what you will do is then you will go out and if uh, you know James's team has a, a good right back that you want, I'll say, hey, James, how about 40 million pounds? Um, for Wilfred Zaha? Yep, and he'll say, no, get the fuck off my lawn, I want 80. And then I'll go have the best Sir, window. this is a Panera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that kind of got a little more into the weeds, but it's 
You just buy players you want. It's extremely loose, and you're not. It's not just NBA trading within the NBA. Like that's the big point. You're going to so many other leagues. So if you're in the Premier League, you don't just buy and sell players within your own league. You pull from the Spanish league. You pull from the Italian league, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and vice versa. Right. Um, you know, one of the most common things you get when you're an English club is Real Madrid or Barcelona will come knocking for one of your best players. And there's very little things you can do to prevent that from happening if right. they want to leave. Right. Because if the player wants to leave, you're going to have an unsettled player on your team. And player power is, I think, at a really all-time high, both mm-hmm. with their personal brands, some of these agents that, you know, we've seen transfers fall apart because the agent fees. Teams yeah. agree, players agree, yeah. and then the agent can't get his cut and it falls apart. So it is real, it is real. very tumultuous. Um, I would say second best drama behind Bachelor in Paradise that you can find is that summer transfer window. Just reading the rumors on that, it'll send you for a world. It was a hell of a summer. Yeah. I mean, you thought you were getting you were getting messy at one point. Well, Colin, shout out Colin, mm. I did think we were getting messy. The original Muppeteer. Yeah. I mean, he got me into Reddit, and I really regret that day, just by saying, announce the lit. And it was a, it was a Muppet saying he, he tracked the lit's flight from Bermuda, and it was heading towards Manchester, and yeah, we got really into the weeds. Anyway, yeah. that was a tangent. As is apropos on Creme de la Creme. But Ask a follow-up question in our next AMA and let us know what we just completely missed on. Did we answer your question? Rate us ruthlessly. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for I, that one. I could literally talk about the transfer market for hours. I know, yeah. So, we didn't like, touch I, on like salary caps and how that affects American sports. Right. Yeah. There are none. Exactly. Those are the rules. It's just about trying not to pay Mesut And that is the only way you can slice it. You heard it here first. Creme de la Creme. First, market. first reported. How the transfer market works. Yeah. <laughs> Never been done before. Thank you for that one. Another um, another one that came in from Carl Mueller. Shocker that he had nothing to do and just wanted to write, blow up our message boards. <laughs> Nerd. Uh, who was the best... Uh, who was the best signing from the traditional top six teams uh, in this past summer window? Let's do it so that you can't name a United player and I can't name an Arsenal player. I did that out of respect, but so did I. Thank you for calling that out. Um, I'm going to say it's a little early, obviously, uh, but based on first impressions, never have a second chance to make one. I'm taking Juan Basaka. Yeah. Um, I believe 21 years old, right? He was. My mind went to Juan Basaka, and then I said, "No, I can't take a United player." Yeah, 21. Yeah, um, 21 English. Um, I don't think you would be. Honestly, I think. Honestly, I think he, as far as a defensive fullback. I think he's probably the best defensive pullback in the Premier League. I would I would rate Alexander-Arnold as a complete package ahead of him and probably Kyle Walker just due to tenure, but maybe not due to skill. As yeah, far I as mean, a right when back people goes, are saying like, you need to work on your offensive game as a right back, you're doing something right. Yeah, I don't I don't imagine United is going to be looking for a right back for the next five to seven years. Yeah. You know, I think that I think that they, they really hit the jackpot with him. and I, I, I mean, I think he's going to be worth every penny. Luke Shaw, last season's player of the season, which isn't saying a lot, is now our weak link in defense, which is an amazing problem to have. Yeah. That boy yeah. is chonk. That is my... Uh, okay. It's, it's, it's appropriate that Carl asked that question. Probably didn't pay much, too much attention this year. Yeah. I, know. I wonder if he's just asking who. Maybe so. I don't know what goes on in the man's brain. We give him too much stick. But I'll pay it back for you, and reason being... Liverpool and City didn't really rock the boat with their transfers, nor I say best signing because of how well it fills a need. And I think City, their margin for need is a lot smaller. Like, I thought yeah. about Rodri, but, like, one, let's see. I don't, 
I don't think I can say that yet. And two, like, how bad did they, do they need a Rodri? Which brings me to my point of David Luiz, eight million from Chelsea, an absolute character coming into uh, the Arsenal back line. One of your favorite takes of mine was you guys are a Sergio Ramos away from for competing for the title. Right. He is an absolute Ross dress for less version of Sergio Ramos, but he brings a lot of those intangibles. Yeah. Uh, Carl said it on his podcast uh, when he came on. He's an absolute club man. He loves taking the boys out for dinner and building team bonding. And when you get, um, I'm trying to think about your best back line, but if you can build like a Socrates, David Luiz back line. I'd say fully fit. You'd probably be Rob looking Holden. at Tierney. And then, but, but you want to be able to cycle. And I, I got confidence in holding. You know that. I have confidence in Luis, Socrates. And, um, you know, I, th- I think Chambers had a great game. We'll see if he can hold it up. But if you can rotate all four of those guys, I mean, like, you're going to need them. You're going to need them. The, David Luiz and, and Socrates are going to be suspended this season, guaranteed. Guaranteed they'll be suspended yeah. multiple times. You're going to play times. multiple. Yeah, you're going to play multiple tournaments. Um, and, you know, you want to get holding back fit. So, I mean, I, I'm. Right. Yeah, I, I, I love the signing. I wouldn't call it signing of the season, but a shrewd one. A shrewd one. You're barely risking anything. And um, to bring it, yeah, full circle, it doesn't take the tactical acumen of Ed Woodward to know that Arsenal's problem was in central defense. And they took a punt on David Luiz, who, although he oscillates from good to terrible, um, most of his days are good. And he's won a lot. He's a winner. Mm-hmm. So... And to the character perspective, he was... Um, there was, a, there was a, a picture floating around on the Arsenal subreddit of Don Luis giving Maitland-Niles little pep talk and instructions before the game, already being a club man is, you know, that's... Yeah. It's, it's exciting to see. I think those types of characters have been missing from the Arsenal dressing room. Yeah. So I think that, you know, I, th- I think he means more to an Arsenal fan than you probably would uh, would have guessed, but so I appreciate well, you saying that my way. Hey, one for me and one for you. Yeah. Um, Every other team must have just really bottled their transfer market if uh, we ended up on those two. Yeah, who would have thought? Yeah. Well, uh, that concludes... Our first run at the Ask Me Anything uh, social experiment. Yeah. Thank you guys for all the entries. And uh, I might as well blast one out that's just, how'd we do? And then you yeah. write in your response. And I'm sure we're going to get a lot more of the similar yeah. kind of action. Yeah, well, maybe we'll, you can, once you teach me how to use those stickers, I can add one. How'd we do? What's your next question? Use stickers. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Not only does that conclude the Ask Me Anything segment, that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, I know it's Wednesday, and we said Tuesday, but I think Wednesday's our day. I feel really good about it. Yeah. Um, I feel really good about keeping these going throughout the throughout the game week. So on a regular basis, you guys are going to get this yeah. content, and we're going to keep engaging with you guys and figuring out new segments. And honestly, if you want more content, the quickest way to do that, like, subscribe, share this podcast. DM us. We somehow, I mean, against all odds, still need to have a full-time job in order to pay for this podcast, but if you'd like to, you know, fuel our bank accounts with money so that we can do this every day for you we'd love to if you could just make those crock of the week picks out to patrick crowley pay to the order of one of these is going to hit and we're taking vegas down united get relegated you, yeah united get relegated looking like a <laughs> snack no, no no that team spirit match was uh, one. that was good enough good enough for me man they're, they're they're gonna be all right thank you guys for listening on behalf of patrick this is james prem de la prem signing off game week one we'll see you next week What's up, Prem Heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem De La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem De La Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.